Hello, you're listening to the Ambition Podcast. I'm Alan Buckin, Insights and Communications Executive at Amber and BGA. Today on the podcast, I was delighted to talk to Lin Yap, who recently wrote a book, The Altruistic Capitalist, and kindly took the time to explain some of the key themes from it. Also, during her career, Lynn has gone from being a lawyer to investment banker to a mentor. She tells me a little bit about each of these stages in her career and gives advice on how to successfully change careers at any stage. Here's that conversation. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your career, please? Of course, Ellen. Thank you so much. Um, so I would say my career has um, can be categorized in three different phases. So I had the initial phase, which was very business oriented. Um, I My first job out of university was as a corporate lawyer. So I qualified, I'm dually qualified in New York as well as in Malaysia, where I grew up. Uh, I worked in investment banking and I graduated from the Wharton School in, uh, with an MBA. So that was, I guess, my foundational business um, background. Um, and then there was a time when I spent a little bit, um, I spent a bit more time in technology, innovation and the startup world. Um, and that was very exciting as well, because I combine my finance and business knowledge in terms of understanding, all right, how is it that we can create more interesting products um, and make that sustainable? Um, And then finally, where I am now, it's more focusing on social impact. How is it that we can use business to be a force for good? How is it that we can create positive impact on the environment and the people, as well as create sustainable growth for businesses? So I think there's kind of a red thread that runs through that, which starts from the foundational, uh, the foundation in business. How is it that we can use business in order to, um, to, to, to do good in the community? I'd love to ask you about your new book, The Altruistic Capitalist. Could you give me some of the main themes of it? Of course. Um, so continuing with the theme of um, doing good, um, businesses as a force for good, the book is really about um, how leaders, what are the mindsets that leaders should have in order to create a positive impact on the planet as well as as people. Uh, And the themes emerge through my interviews and research with um, social entrepreneurs as well as executives in larger organizations. The three themes or the three mindsets that emerge from my interviews were uh, are mindfulness, curiosity, and grit. Uh, And this, you can actually look at the three themes um, in terms of how we would solve social problems and other global issues such as global, um, such as climate change. So if you think about mindfulness, it is important, particularly in, um, particularly when we are trying to understand what is the problem statement? What is the problem that we are trying to solve at the moment? Just being present um, and understanding what is it that the, the the person who is suffering the problem is going through. I think that really helps us dive deeper and really understand the problem, um, which will then help with the next few stages. And second then comes curiosity. And that's very helpful when designing a solution for a problem. Because when we are curious, we tend to ask a lot of questions. We test our assumptions. So understanding, again, what is it that... Um, why is it that that would be most helpful in terms of the solution for the person that's suffering from the problem? So curiosity, I think, is um, quite important as well in terms of creating a positive impact. 
And then third, I, I term it as grit, but really it's it's um, collaboration. Uh, I, I The way I described it in the book is um, um, in the form of um, having grit like an athlete. We think of athletes, um, all athletes collaborate, whether you're a marathon runner or you are in a team sport like football, you have to collaborate with others in order that you can scale, um, in order that you can achieve your goals. And I think for businesses, for companies to scale their impact and to execute on the solution that they have developed in the previous stage, it's also important to collaborate with others. And how that works is you could collaborate, um, just as we saw during um, the start of the pandemic, how we collaborate, how companies collaborate with public organizations such as governments and nonprofits in order to alleviate some of the some of the the the, the pain points um, at the start of the lockdown. Um, and so similarly, I think, it's important for companies to collaborate with others, with their peers, whether or not they, they see them as competitors in order that we can scale the positive impact. So again, mindfulness, curiosity, collaboration, these are the three important themes I, I found in my research that is important to um, use business as a force for good. There's so many things I want to pick up on from that, but first of all, who's the target audience for the book? I think the book is interesting for people who are working in business at the moment, but also as but also us as individuals. If we want to create a positive impact, how is it that we can? What is it that we can do in our individual lives? Because I I think um, it's uh, all of us right now want to have meaningful work. We want to know how is it that we can um, support the environment. How is it that we can preserve what we have um, so that there's a better future for the next generation. And I think that it's not just up to senior leaders or it's not just up to governments or nonprofits in order to solve some of the problems that we have. So even us as individuals, we have a role to play. We have uh, the responsibility um, in order to make a better world for the next generation. So I think everyone has, um, uh, whether or not you're an individual who's working in a nonprofit or working in government, um, or if you're working in business, what it is is like, if you want to create a positive impact, I think this book, Altruistic Capitalist, would be relevant for you. I love that. So you mentioned that you interviewed several prominent leaders for your book. And I was mm-hmm. If there was any leaders or stories that had a particularly lasting impact on you, <laughs> there are so many stories. I think one of the best things um, I learned about um, this this topic that I, you know, that I'm working on is that everyone is doing such wonderful work. So a lot of people have inspired me, and um, particularly at the time when I've written it uh, during throughout this whole pandemic. Um, it's given me a lot of hope and made me more optimistic um, in terms of what we can do, what we can, what we can leave the future generation. So uh, in the altruistic capitalist, you'll find stories uh, Paul, from, ranging from Paul Pullman, um, at, who was ex-CEO of Unilever, and Rose Macario, who was ex-CEO of Patagonia, but also um, smaller companies, medium-sized companies, um, such as such as Irene Slade, whom I interviewed from Hilti, um, and social entrepreneurs like Letty Galdon, um, who is um, based in London and she leads an organization called PASS. I, I would like to share the story of Letty because I, I 
um, I think it's very hard when you're starting out an organization with little resources and, um, you know, you continue so you believe so much in the cause that you're you're doing um and and then that's why her story is quite inspirational for me um what her organization does pass um she helps um she trains refugees recent refugees and immigrants um in in, in technology so that they can um, get, have gainful employment in um, technology and innovation roles in in companies so oftentimes when we look at recent immigrants, we um, they often end up in let's say lower paid jobs because we have um, certain expectations. People have communities, society may have certain expectations of of um, what they can do, or maybe their language barriers. And so, what Letty's organization does, what PASS does, it helps integrate them into their new community, into their new company, and helps train them into technology roles, which are very much needed in um, in companies today. There's a shortage. There's a big demand for uh, technology talent, and so she's you know giving recent uh, refugees and immigrants this opportunity to have gainful employment to integrate better into community um, and give them their self-confidence back and on the other hand she is also helping the companies the businesses to have more diversity and inclusion not just diversity but inclusion as well because she's helping integrate um, this new talent into the organization and what's inspiring about me was because she had started um, uh, let's say five years ago, if I if I remember correctly, uh, she started with a group of let's say ten refugees. Um, she actually lived in a um, refugee camp for three months just to understand the community, uh, and it was slow. Um, and it was a slow and hard slog for her, but she's continued because she believes very much in the cause. Um, and she, uh, I remember she said to me once, "It doesn't matter how quickly." Or how um, how how much change has um, that 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 we achieve in a year? What matters is that we're going in the right direction. We are continuing to make progress. Doesn't matter if it takes five years or ten years. As long as we're making progress, that's all that matters. Uh, and it reminded me also of a quote that I heard before: um, "We should not be afraid of work that has no end." So when we think about things like climate change, discrimination, or even this pandemic, these are big problems. These are global problems. And just because they are big problems, we should not be afraid of we should not be afraid of, of taking a step and, and doing our part and, and trying to solve that problem. Um, so that's why I, I decided to share the story of Letty and, and pass the organization she started, because I think that's a true illustration of people who are passionate about the cause and who's, who has that um, perseverance to continue to solve, um, to, to, to do work that has no end. She sounds so inspirational. You've started your own network called the Activate Network. What does it do and um, what has it achieved so far? Okay, um, thank you very much for that. Um, so Activate Network, I started a few years ago, um, and the company works, the organization works with companies to increase the participation of women leaders um, in senior roles as well as in technology. Um, this is 
again, part of the diversity and inclusion issue that we see in a lot of organizations. Um, and you can think about the programs that we design and that we customize for, for the clients um, in terms of a mentoring plus program. So what happens in this program is they are multi-generational. Um, we have um, women employees from the client companies working with uh, secondary school, high school, or high school students, um, who are female high school students on uh, a business problem. And so what that does, it gives the women an opportunity to uh, develop their leadership and coaching skills when they are mentoring the, the students. It also creates a pipeline of talent um, of the students into the company because the students are then well-versed in terms of the culture and the work that the company does. And at the same time, because it is two different generations working together, so students, uh, secondary school students as well as women employees, there's an opportunity to develop empathy, um, listening skills, um, increase creativity and innovation because they are solving a problem with people who are uh, who have a different perspective from them. So the Activate Network uh, creates business value, but also social impact um, because it increases diversity in the community uh, as well as in business organization. That's absolutely amazing. What kind of led you to starting this network up? Uh, so the story started, um, I guess, when I was working in, well, actually, I guess when, when I... Uh, throughout my career because I worked in um, uh, in law and investment banking um, and also technology and with startups, a lot of times I saw that there was a lack of women role models um, in these industries. And I thought a lot of times it is when at a young age, students are already, uh, girls are already sort of filtered themselves out out of certain roles because we have certain um, girls have we have certain assumptions of what uh, of what leaders should be, of who should work in technology and, and, and innovation. And so to a certain extent, sometimes um, female students filter themselves out of, of um, uh, out of these roles and these opportunities. But what if we gave the girls an opportunity? Uh, what if we gave we what if we gave the girls, the female students, um, role models who they can get to know um, and they get to learn from, and perhaps that can increase the number of female students who go into university to study technology, um, and also maybe the network or the community for women in order to stay um, stay within an organization and progress further into their careers. And I and I think there's a lot of um, benefit for. For the students and for the women as well to have that community and that support to help them throughout their careers. It just sounds like such an amazing network. So you kind of mentioned in that answer that you've gone from being a lawyer to investment banker to a mentor now and a lot of people who do MBAs, a lot of our audience do them because they want to change career and I was just wondering if you had any advice. Hmm. Um, that's a that's a really beautiful question. I, I get that a lot because you know I've switched different functions uh, and, and and industries as well. I think for me, I've been able to do that because I've been quite. I, I'm generally quite curious. Uh, 
I'm consider myself a lifelong learner. I'm always wanting to learn new things, uh, and so that's been that's that's how I've done it. Um, just just being very curious and wanting to learn new things, asking asking questions, uh, which leads to the second point: you can't be afraid of of uh, asking for help because when you switch into a new career or a new industry, there is the need then to rebuild networks and to rebuild your knowledge. And the best way to get up to speed quickly and effectively is to talk to other people, is to ask other people for help. Look at it as an opportunity to uh, give other people to to do good in the world. You know, it don't. Uh, what I would advise is not to be afraid to ask for help. And the third thing is, um, do not be afraid of of failure. It's take it as a learning experience. Um, this year, it's my first year as as an author, uh, and I've learned so much um, just uh, from from doing that, um, from from writing. And there's so many aspects to being an author that I didn't know before. Um, and sometimes I don't make it. Uh, and so the third thing would be don't be afraid of failure it's it's okay if it doesn't work the first time the important thing is to continue learning so that's um so those are the three things i'd say that is important in terms of wanting to change a career um keep be stay curious keep on learning um don't be afraid to ask for help to connect with the network um and thirdly don't be afraid of failure that sounds like really good advice <laughs> So you've mentioned learning a lot in that answer. And one thing I wanted to ask you about was we love lifelong learning at AMBA. And yeah, what are you learning about right now? <laughs> uh, so I, I would say I'm still learning to be a writer. Uh, there's so many aspects to to that. Uh, I try out different things all the time, I, different writing styles and just to see what's um what resonates and I'm lucky to have people to write back to me and say, oh, that was a pretty good article today. Um, um, and that helps me learn to, to be a better writer. Um, the other thing, of course, I'm learning more into is businesses uh, as a force for good stakeholder capitalism. I, I continue to interview people who work in this space because it's a space that's still evolving and still quite uh, in its infancy. Uh, and I'm quite passionate about about that because there's still a lot of resistance i think in the business space um is it possible is it really possible to create a positive impact and grow the business um, we also have people in the community who are a little bit skeptical um as to the the, the intentions of businesses be doing creating good in the community. Some people think that it's virtue signaling and that the companies are doing it only to make more sales rather than with a real intention of creating impact. Um, so what I'm learning is how is it that we can have more companies to create, um, to do more good in the community, how we can increase that influence um, and how to be a better writer. I love that. But um, kind of shocked that people are still against or it, it was kind of shocking that even full businesses are doing really well for the world and also making more sales because of that. There's still people who believe negatively. Why is it taking so long for business leaders to kind of catch up to the idea that business doing good things for society and the planet actually does good things for the business itself? I think there are a couple of things um, in that, a couple of um, parts to that question. Um, one, one is the mindset. Um, 
we've been in that uh, Milton Friedman mindset that the social responsibility of business is to increase that um, is to increase profits. So there's still a lot of thinking, um, uh, legacy thinking that's that's attached to that. Um, secondly, the reason why I think companies are still quite focused on short-term thinking is that a lot of our organization, the organization of businesses and the processes is, is tied to that, is tied to um, how we can increase more profits. That, and so that's from an internal perspective. Our processes and uh, processes within the companies as well as organizational structure is geared towards short-term thinking. Um, reporting quarterly uh, earnings, um, uh, having uh, having teams that just focus on increasing um, profitability, all the, all the strategy, all the processes, and even return of investment. When we're thinking of what projects we should fund, the budget process is looking at things from a one-year perspective. But if you're thinking about creating a positive impact of, in terms of inclusion, increasing diversity and inclusion, that is not something that you look at from a one-year impact. You probably don't see a lot of um, change, a lot of effect within that 12 months. And so you might have to adjust, we might have to adjust some of the budget processes and other processes within an organization when we are starting to look, when we look at businesses as a force for good. Um, even things uh, related to the environment. If we want to create a regenerative, if we want to be, if we want to regenerate the environment, maybe we would have to invest in um, processes, production processes that are um, circular. And that means changing the business model and things like that take a longer time. And so I think that's why there's still a little bit of resistance from an internal perspective in order that we we have businesses as a force for good. From an external perspective, um, again, that goes back then to that to that to that to that mindset um, that social responsibility of, of businesses is is to grow profits. We have um, the analysts that write all the research reports um, um, to tell us to buy a, a stock, and um, it's related to growth. It's related to more profits. There's not a lot of um, we, we don't think of in terms of, okay, we can't just have growth, growth and more growth. How is it that we can have things on a sustainable basis? We can't just have 30% growth all the time. That's not sustainable. Um, how is it that we can create, we can have a positive impact on, on the community as well as be financially responsible and both of that should be looked on an equal basis rather than just from a financial standpoint. And I think we're still learning to adjust that mindset, to shift that mindset uh, from just looking at pure financials, pure profit to thinking, okay, well, there's this other aspect, which is um, not as measurable for the environment, for our communities, that is equally important um, for, uh, that's equally important to financial profit. Uh, and we don't, we might not look be looking at that as much at the moment. So um, I, I would like to say that there's internal resistance, but there's also that external perspective um, that our mindset is still, we, we, we still need to shift that mindset of, well, it's not just about, you know, growing exponentially from a finance, uh, from a finance perspective, from a profit perspective. But we need to also start looking at the intangible aspects that we don't measure so much or it's more difficult to measure, such as um, how inclusive and integrated we are as a community, um, how 
healthy and and um, what's the well-being of the community uh, and things like that we don't perhaps value as much because they're a bit difficult to measure. Um, so the, the, I think for those reasons, it's we still have a bit of ways to go uh, for businesses as a force for good. I feel like that would be a really nice place to round off, but I just wanted to ask you one last thing. Where, if um, people want to hear more from you, where can they find your book? Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, so uh, I am available um, on Amazon, the Altruistic Capitalist. You can find the Altruistic Capitalist on Amazon. Um, I'm happy to also connect directly with with the audience. You can email me at lynn at altruisticcapitalist.com. That's lynn, L-Y-N-N, at altruisticcapitalist.com. Um, the website is the same, altruisticcapitalist.com. Uh, and the same for Instagram. I'm also uh, reachable there, altruisticcapitalist. Well, it's been so interesting speaking to you um, and thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Ellen. Thank you so much to Lynn for being on the podcast. If you'd like more about leadership, head to www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition and make sure to listen out for the next Ambition podcast.